chapter twenty one of unicorns this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org unicorns by james hunnaker chapter twenty one the classic chopin that chopin is a classic need not be unduly insisted upon he is classic in the sense of representing the best in musical literature but that he is of a classical complexion as a composer from the beginning of his career may seem in the nature of a paradox nevertheless it is a thesis that can be successfully maintained now since old party lines have been effaced to battle seriously for such words as classic or romantic or realism is no longer possible cultured europe did so for a century as it once wrangled over doctrinal points as if the salvation of mankind depended upon the respective verbal merits of transubstantiation or consubstantiation only yesterday that ugly word degeneracy thanks to quack critics and charlatan psychiatrists figured as a means of estimating genius this method has quite vanished among reputable thinkers though it has left behind it another misunderstood vocable decadence wagner is called decadent so is chopin while richard strauss is held up as the prime exponent of musical decadence what precisely is decadent says havelock ellis technically a decadent style is only such in relation to a classic style it is simply a further development of a classic style a further specialization the homogeneous in spenserian phraseology having become heterogeneous the first is beautiful because the parts are subordinated to the whole the second is beautiful because the whole is subordinated to the parts swift's prose is classic pater's decadent roman architecture's classic to become in its byzantine developments completely decadent and st mark's is the perfected type of decadence in art pure early gothic again is strictly classic in the highest degree because it shows an absolute subordination of detail to the bold harmonies of structure while the later gothic is decadent all art is the rising and falling of the slopes of a rhythmic curve between these two classic and decadent extremes i make this quotation for it clearly sets forth a profound but not widely appreciated fact in art as in life there is no absolute perhaps the most illuminating statement concerning the romantic style was uttered by theophile gautier of it he wrote in his essay on baudelaire unlike the classic style it admits shadow we need not bother ourselves about the spirit of romanticism that has been done to the death by hundreds of critics and it is a sign of the times that the old-fashioned chopin is fading while we are now vitally interested in him as a formalist indeed chopin the romantic poetic patriotic 
sultry sensuous morbid and chopin the pianist need not enter into our present scheme he has appeared to popular fancy as everything from thaddeus of warsaw to an exotic drawing-room hero from the sentimental consumptive consoled by countesses to the accredited slave of georges Sand. all this is truly the romantic chopin it is the obverse of the metal that piques curiosity why the classic quality of his compositions their clarity concision purity structural balance were largely missed by so many of his contemporaries is a mystery because of his obviously romantic melodies he was definitely ranged with the most extravagant of the romantics with berlioz schumann liszt but as a matter of fact he is formally closer to mendelssohn his original manner of distributing his thematic material deceived the critics he refused to join the revolutionists later in the case of flaubert we come upon an analogous condition hailed as chief of the realists the author of madame bovary took an ironic delight in publishing salambo which was romantic enough to please that prince of romanticists victor hugo chopin has been reproached for his tepid attitude toward romanticism and also because of his rather caustic criticisms of certain leaders he a musical aristocrat pure song held aloof though he permitted himself to make some sharp commentaries on schubert schumann and berlioz decidedly not a romantic despite his romantic externalism decidedly a classic despite his romantic content of him stendhal might have written a classic is a dead romantic heine left no epic yet he is an indubitable classic wise goethe said the point is for a work to be thoroughly good and then it is sure to be classical but it is not because of the classicism achieved by the pathos of distance that chopin's special case makes an appeal it is chopin as a consummate master of music that interests us in his admirable chopin the composer edgar stillman kelly considers chopin and puts out of court the familiar gifted amateur improvisatore of genius and the rest of the theatrical stock description by proving beyond peradventure of a doubt that frederick francois chopin was not only a creator of new harmonies inventor of novel figuration but also a musician skilled in the handling of formal problems one grounded in the schools of bach mozart and beethoven furthermore that if he did not employ the sonata form in its severest sense he literally built on it as a foundation he managed the rondo with ease and grace and if he did not write fugues it was because the fugue form did not attract him perhaps the divination of his own limitations is a further manifestation of his extraordinary genius this does not imply that chopin had any particular genius in counterpoint but to deny his mastery of polyphony is a grave error 
and it is still denied with the very evidence staring his critics in the face beethoven in his sonatas demonstrated his individuality though coming after mozart's perfect specimens in that form chopin did not try to bend the bow of ulysses though more than a word might be said of his two last sonatas the first is boyishly pedantic and monotonous in key contrast while the cello and piano sonata hardly can be ranked as an exemplar of classic form of the etudes kelly says in this group of masterpieces we find the more desirable features of the classical school diatonic melodies well-balanced phrase and period-building together with the richness afforded by chromatic harmonies and modulatory devices heretofore unknown indeed a new system of music that changed the entire current of the art it was not without cause that i once called chopin the open door through his door the east entered and whether for good or for ill certainly revolutionized western music mr hadow is right in declaring that mozart beethoven schubert are not as far from each other as the music of eighteen eighty from that of nineteen fourteen and chopin was the most potent influence in company with beethoven and wagner in bringing about that change i say in company with beethoven and wagner for i heartily agree with friedrich nicks in his recent judgment i consider chopin to be one of the three most powerful factors in the development of nineteenth-century music the other two being of course beethoven and wagner the absolute originality of chopin's personality and that of its expression through novel harmony chromaticism figuration justifies the assertion and none will deny the fact who takes the trouble to trace the polish master's influence on his contemporaries and successors the greatest and most powerful composers came under this influence to a large extent by the process of infiltration kelly gives us chapter and verse in the particular case of wagner and his absorption of the harmonic schemes of chopin as did the late anton seidel many times for my particular benefit however this only brings us to chopin the innovator whereas it is the aspect of the classic chopin which has been neglected as far back as eighteen forty chopin was employing half-tones with a freedom that brought upon him the wrath of conservative critics writes hadow who admires the pole with reservations not placing him in such august company as has kelly and niecks true chopin was a pioneer in several departments of his art yet how few recognize or recognize to-day that schumann is the more romantic composer of the pair his music is a very jungle of romantic formlessness his carnival the epitome of romantic musical portraiture with its chopin more chopin than the original contrast the noble fantasy in c opus seventeen of schumann with the equally noble fantasy in f minor opus forty nine of chopin and ask which is the more romantic in spirit structure and technique unquestionably to schumann would be awarded the quality 
of romanticism he is more fantastic though his fantasy is less decorative he strays into the most delightful and umbrageous paths and never falters in the preservation of romantic atmosphere now look on the other picture there is chopin who no matter his potentialities never experimented in the larger symphonic mould and as fully imbued with the poetic spirit as schumann nevertheless a master of his patterns whether in figuration or general structure his mazurkas are sonnets and this fantasy in f minor is as kelly points out a highly complex rondo as are the ballades and scherzos beethoven doubtless would have developed the eloquent main theme more significantly strictly speaking chopin introduces so much new melodic material that the rondo form is greatly modified yet never quite banished the architectonics of the composition are more magnificent than in schumann although i do not propose to make invidious comparisons both works are classics in the accepted sense of the term but chopin's fantasy is more classic in structure and sentiment the sonatas in b flat minor and b minor are awful examples for academic theorists they are not faultless as to form and do sadly lack organic unity schumann particularly criticizes the sonata opus thirty five because of the inclusion of the funeral march and the homophonic invertebrate finale but the two first movements are distinct contributions to sonata literature even if in the first movement the opening theme is not recapitulated i confess that i am glad it is not though the solemn title sonata becomes thereby a mockery the composer adequately treats this first motive in the development section so that the absence later is not annoyingly felt there are i agree with mr kelly some bars that are surprisingly like a certain page of dia gotterdammerung as the fuhrzauber music may be noted in the flickering chromaticism of the e minor concerto or as the first phrase of the c minor etude opus ten number twelve is to be found in tristan and isolde isolde's opening measure vervat mich zu hernen the orchestra plays the identical chopin phrase this first movement of the b flat minor sonata with four bars of introduction evidently suggested by the sublime opening of beethoven's c minor sonata opus one eleven does not furnish us with as concrete an example as the succeeding scherzo in e flat minor for me one of the most perfect examples of chopin's exquisite formal sense while it is not as long breathed as the c sharp minor scherzo its concision makes it more tempting to the student in character stormier than the scherzo opus thirty nine its thematic economy and development by close parallelism of phraseology as haddow points out reveal not only a powerful creative impulse but erudition of the highest order no doubt chopin did improvise freely did come easily by his melodies but the travail of a giant's impatience again you think of flaubert is shown in the polishing of his periods he is a poet who wrote perfect pages the third scherzo less popular but of deeper import than the one in b flat minor is in spirit splenetic 
ironical and passionate yet with what antithetic precision and balance the various and antagonistic moods are grasped and portrayed and every measure is logically accounted for the automatism inherent in all passage work he almost eliminated and he spiritualized ornament and arabesque it is the triumph of art over temperament no one has ever accused chopin of lacking warmth indeed thanks to a total misconception of his music he is tortured into a roaring tornado by sentimentalists and virtuosi but if he is carefully studied it will be seen that he is greatly preoccupied with form his own form be it understood and that the linear in nearly all of his compositions takes precedence over colour i know this sounds heretical but while i do not yield an iota in my belief that chopin is the most poetic among composers as shelley is among poets and vermeer is the painter's painter it is high time that he be viewed from a different angle the versatility of a man his genius as composer and pianist the novelty of his figuration and form dazzled his contemporaries or else blinded them to his true import individual as are the six scherzos two of them are in the sonatas they nevertheless stem from classic soil the scherzo is not new with him nor are its rhythms but the ballades are chopinesque to the last degree with their embellished thematic cadences modulatory motives richly decorated harmonic designs and their incomparable content above all in their amplification of the coda a striking extension of the postlude making it as pregnant with meaning as the main themes the lordly flowing narration of the g minor ballade the fantastic wavering outlines of the second ballade which on close examination exhibits the firm burin of a masterful etcher the beloved third ballade a formal masterpiece and the f minor ballade most elaborate and decorative of the set are there i ask in all piano literature such original compositions the four impromptus are mood pictures highly finished not lacking boldness of design and in the second f sharp major there are fertile figurative devices and rare harmonic treatment the melodic organ point is original polyphonic complexity is to be found in some of the mazurkas ellert mentions a perfect canon in the octave in one of them c sharp minor opus sixty three of the concertos there is less to be said for the conventional form was imposed by the title here chopin is not the greater chopin notwithstanding the beautiful music for the solo instrument the sonata form is not desperately evaded and in the rondo of the e minor concerto he overtops hummel on his native heath as to the instrumentation i do not believe chopin had much to do with it it is the average colourless scoring of his day nor do i believe with some of his admirers that he will bear transposition to the orchestra or even to the violin it does not attenuate the power and originality of his themes that they are essentially of the piano a song is for the voice and is not bettered by orchestral arrangement the same may be said of the classic concertos for violin with all due respect for those who talk about the beethoven sonatas being orchestral i only ask why is it they sound so unorchestral when scored for the full battery of instruments the sonata pathetique 
loses its character thus treated so does the a flat polonaise of chopin heroic as are its themes render unto the keyboard that which is composed for it the appassionata sonata in its proper medium is as thrilling as the eroica symphony the so-called orchestral test is no test at all only a confusion of terms and of artistic substances chopin thought for the piano he is the greatest composer for the piano by the piano he stands or falls the theme of the grandiose a minor etude opus twenty five number eleven is a perfect specimen of his invention yet it sounds elegiac and feminine when compared with the first tragic theme of beethoven's c minor symphony the allegro de concert opus forty six is not his most distinguished work truncated concerto as it is but it proves that he could fill a larger canvas than the valse in the mazurkas and etudes he is closer to bach than elsewhere his early training under elsner was sound and classical but he is the real chopin when he goes his own way a fiery poet a bold musician but also refined tactful temperament despising the facile the exaggerated and bent upon achieving a harmonious synthesis truly a classic composer in his solicitude for contour and chastity of style the slav was tempered by the gallic strain insatiable in his dreams he fashioned them into shapes of enduring beauty you would take from us the old chopin the greater chopin the dramatic impassioned poet improvisatore i hear some cry not in the least chopin is chopin he sings even under the fingers of pedants and to-day is butchered in the classroom to make a holiday for theorists nevertheless he remains unique sometimes the whole in his work is subordinated to the parts sometimes the parts are subordinated to the whole the romantic shadow is there also the classic structure again let me call your attention to the fact that if he had not juggled so mystifyingly with the sacrosanct tonic and dominant had not distributed his thematic material in a different manner from the prescribed methods of the schools he would have been cheerfully even enthusiastically saluted by his generation but then we should have lost the real chopin End of chapter twenty one